0: Hey firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the firecrack department. Alright, this is what I was thinking about today. I was thinking about the truth. <laughs> have you heard about it? I was thinking about how many times I have found myself in positions where I can either like not tell the truth or tell the truth and then where those decisions take me. Here's an example. Uh, I remember being involved in a play and it was a very collaborative play and so the first day of rehearsal came up and The director said, like, what do you all have as side talents? What kind of talents could we bring to this production? You know, some people were putting up their hand and saying, oh, I, I play the violin or I sing, I play the piano. And the director said, I'm just, I can't believe I did this. But the director said, does anybody play the drums? And I was like, I do. I don't. I never have. I don't know if I ever will, but I certainly didn't at that time. And they were like, great, can you bring in your drums? And uh, maybe we can find a place for it in the production. So here I am. I don't know what got into me to say that. I think I was just like wanting to get involved and I don't play any musical instruments. So I thought I got to do something. I ended up having to back out of bringing in my drums because I didn't own any either. It was very awkward. It wasn't great. I mean, the production was super fun because it was so full of creativity. But gosh, what a mess I put myself into. The other day, same sort of thing happened to me. I was leaving a message for a store and I was asking them to call me back. And there was something in my voice at the beginning of leaving the message that sounded British. Like I just started the message going, hello. And then I heard the Britishness in my voice and I thought, oh, do I pretend that I'm British for this whole message or do I confess that I've made a mistake and and move forward? And so in that split second, because I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have to talk to the store owner when they call with a British accent. When I go into the store, I'll probably have to carry on this British accent. It's just..." A web of lies that could have gone on forever. So I left the message saying, oh that was weird, I started with a British accent. Follow up, I talked to the store owner and uh, they were like, it did sound like you had a British accent, we had a big laugh out of it. Anyway, I don't know what the moral of the story is, but I'll tell you this, I'm gonna try and tell the truth way more because finding drums and learning how to play the drums last minute is super hard. Is that any kind of moral? Do you find yourself in this position? Are you nodding your head going, yes? Is it because we're such like yes people, we wanna be involved? Oh my gosh, thank goodness I didn't start with a British accent. That would have been hard to keep up. So anyway, that's the latest of embarrassing moments brought to you by Naomi Sneakers. And now here's a message from the head of our wellness department, Emily Churchill. Hi, this is Emily, ahead head of the wellness department, and I want to invite you to join us for our mini wellness moments, which happen on the first Sunday of every month, an hour into brunch, so come to brunch, and then stay after for our mini wellness moment, usually about 15 to 20 minutes, where one of the wellness department team members will walk us through a wellness topic for the month. There will be a mix of meditation, breathing exercises, wellness tips, and more, all to put into your toolbox to help you on your journey. So please join us the first Sunday of every month, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And all of this information will be in the show notes. We hope to see you there. Thanks, Emily. Now for this beautiful moment Our guest this week is Toronto-based actor, writer, producer, mindfulness and meditation coach and teacher, Lisa Berry. Now, first of all, can we just take a moment and celebrate Lisa Berry's Canadian Screen Award nomination for Best Lead Performance Web Program or Series for playing Notice in Obsidian Theatre's 21 Black Features? Yes, let's just take that moment. A huge congratulations to Lisa and that whole team I'm like setting off little mini fireworks in my house, which is super dangerous, but I'm doing it because I want to celebrate Lisa's nomination, but also all the firecrackers that got nominated for CSAs this year. I know that some people have mixed feelings about awards, but to be recognized for your art, I think always feels good. And I am like shaking my pom poms from the sidelines going, go firecrackers, go. We have a list of all the firecrackers that got nominated on our social platforms at firecrackerdept. But way to go, firecrackers. I think I first met Lisa through her husband, Dion, because Dion and I worked on a play in Vancouver, Birth of Freedom. I know Lisa was on Mr. D for an episode, and super fun and super lovely just to hang out with. She's a very positive force to be around. You feel like if you stand even close to her, you know, like if my arm is close to her arm, my arm becomes positive. And then my husband, Matt, directed her in a play as well. And I discovered that she also has this beautiful singing voice. And stage presence, so any chance I get to hang out with Lisa I will absolutely jump at. More on that coming up with her project that I got to be part of. Now you may recognize Lisa from her reoccurring roles as Billy aka Death in the CW's sci-fi fantasy hit show Supernatural, Cleophas Garraway in Freeform and Netflix's Shadowhunters The Mortal Instruments and as Natasha on CBC and Netflix's Workin' Moms. Yeah, she's everywhere. When Lisa was 17, she got cast in a community theater production of Fame the Musical as Mabel Washington. First of all, who is just feeling jealous right now that she got to be in Fame? Dream come true in any production, TV, theater. Fame. I want to live forever. This production is where Lisa fell in love with the stage and then just never looked back. She studied singing, acting, and dance at the Randolph Academy College in Toronto. And back in the day, Lisa made her screen debut in a small role playing the theater manager in Degrassi, the next generation. Right? Who doesn't love Degrassi? Now speaking of theatre, she was cast as Tituba in the Shaw Festival's productions of The Crucible. The Shaw Festival, for those of you who don't know, is an amazing festival that happens in Niagara-on-the-Lake in Canada. Now then, she spent the next decade playing leading roles on Canada's top stages. In 2017, Lisa won the role of Penny in the Canadian premiere of Susan Laurie Park's Father Comes Home from the Wars, which, by the way, she got a Dora nomination for Best Actress in the Play. Yeah, she's pretty fantastic. I know Lisa so well, and I know that she's also a very strong advocate for self-care. She's dedicated her social platforms to promoting mental health, which we talk about in the chat, but I just love this aspect of Lisa. And I love that she was willing to delve into it in our chat too. Now, speaking of promoting mental health, she has an ebook with accompanying audiobook coming out in this month called Love You, Fall in Love with Taking Care of Yourself. I mean, what can't she do? Nominations for awards, theater, film, TV, book writer. Oh my gosh. Mom! Okay, we'll get into all of this. And a full-length book coming out at the end of the year called Miracles from the Mess, A Late Bloomer's Guide to Loving Yourself on the Inside and Out. And who isn't just nodding their head right now going, Yeah, I'm a mess. I mean, if you could see my room, my room is a reflection of what's going on inside and I have to organize both. Let's just say that. Oh, and also, there's more about Lisa. Lisa leads a mindfulness membership group called The Lotus Life. It helps artists who are new to meditation grow through what they go through, but feel supported along the way. When you join the Lotus Life community for just $35 a month, a steal, you'll have access to two of Lisa's courses at no additional cost. I mean, such a great deal because those courses are usually worth $400. So if you've ever thought about doing something like this, I really encourage you to start off with connecting with Lisa. And don't you worry, I know you're scrambling to write things down, you're rewinding. Don't you worry. We got you in the show notes with all of what's going on with Lisa. And I also have one more bit of exciting news. Lisa is producing her first short film called Baby Daddy. That's what I was talking about before. And I was super lucky enough to be a small, small part in Baby Daddy. But honestly, if Lisa asked me, hey, can you come over and help me sort my spices? I'd be like, yes, I can. Uh Uh-huh. And the fact that I got to hang out and have some laughs with Lisa and then her partner Natalie Brown was just a treat and a half. We had so many laughs. My husband Matt Barham is in it as well and we had a scene together and we couldn't stop laughing. We messed up so many takes because we were having so much fun. You know it's a great production when you're having that kind of fun. Alright, without further ado, here is my chat with the one and only my buddy Lisa Barry. Hi, oh, cutie. Oh, look! Red. I know. Look at you. You look so gorgeous. This
1: is fantastic.
0: It was just the right time. This was exactly the right time for this chat.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just had you in my first project.
0: I am so beyond proud of you for that. Matt and I talk about it all the time. Just like the yeah. fact that you know, people talk about doing their project. They talk about writing something and producing it. And you just kept saying yes
1: to moving it forward. You and Matt were at the forefront of that. No, I, just, no, but- I just don't like to not be a woman of my word. Yeah, I get yeah. it. It took me a couple of years to get there, but I was like, I swear to God, I'm gonna do it. Like a couple of years to get to pushing forward as a woman of your word? To get to a place where I can actually live up to the fact that I said, I'm gonna write something mm-hmm. for you and Matt. And I can't wait for you guys to say, yes, we're gonna do it. And then it's like, fast forward a year. And it was like, I swear to God, I'm working on it. Fast forward two years. I'm like, no, for real. Like, it's still in my brain. Fast forward six years. I'm like, no, I'm like, for real though. Like, it's still a goal of mine. And then fast forward to today. And I'm just like, hey, you guys want to do something? I literally wrote it and we got a team and we're ready to actually say action.
0: Mm -hmm. What does that do for your makeup to, to be part of this project right now?
1: It changes every single aspect of me on a cellular. Really? A hundred percent. It's a feeling of, I have had this calling to be a creator in this kind of way for a very, very long time. And it's funny the way that the universe kind of puts everything in front of you because I would not have work and then be like, okay, this is a sign that I gotta start working on my own stuff. And then work would come and I'd be like, forget it. I'm moving, I don't need to work on my own stuff. And then inevitably I would get a little depressed because work would dry up or a rough patch would happen. And then I'm like, okay, I guess I'm back to the dream in my heart. And then I would start writing again and then work would come and be like, We're back into this beautiful, you know, emotionally crippling cycle of you want to do it. You don't want to do it. You want to do it. You don't want to do it. And then one day I just said, you know what, I'm done with the cycle of it all. And I'm going to like, even though I'm working on something, I really challenged myself to stay working on the things that were also mm-hmm. important to me so that there was never any lag. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, working on set, ironically enough, is where I met. Kevin who's who's also a producer and who directed us and I was just you know shooting shit and he was just like well what do you got we're looking to produce stuff and I was like it's just this little short that I came up with out of my brain about flipping the world on its head like if Handmaid's Tale was a sitcom paired with a flipped upside down reality world where fertility issues were being confronted by with men instead of women. I mean, that's pretty much what I got, you know? And he was like, well, let me read it. Sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, let's uh, give it a read. And then literally by, you know, take number three, he was like, I want to make it. It's good. Mm -hmm. I like it. I was like, what's happening right now? And then I called Natalie, who I wrote it with. And I was just like, oh my God, like I met somebody and he wants to produce it and he wants to do it. And he thinks it's a good idea. Like we could do this. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, you heard every word that came out of my mouth. <laughs> I don't need to repeat it. You know what I said? It just, it just makes me feel like I'm living my best Issa Ray life.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What do you think shifted for you? Because I feel like, I mean, gosh, I've known you 150 years, 160? 152? 150 yeah, 152. Years. Thanks. Yeah, we have our anniversary coming up. Oh, gosh, I've always known you were super talented. There's just an aura of confident talent. So I've seen you kind of progress in your career and then seeing you shift into this place of creator. What did you need to push out of your way in order for you to move forward on
1: that? The negative Mm self-talk. I think we're constantly told life is made up of moments. And just today I was really examining that thought alone. And I Came to a realization which I feel is like a holy moment. I call them holy moments because I feel like that's when God's like, I'm talking to you right now. Okay, this is a conversation between you and me. And I really take note and I listen. And what came to me in that moment was life is actually a series of answers to a question you're constantly asking yourself. And the question for a long time that I was asking myself was like, Well, there's no way that I can do it. So, how am I going to be able to go forward with my life without? pursuing it Mm. and I was just like and all the answers to how it could not work out followed suit Mm. you know it's like how could I not let this happen you know and then one day I just started asking myself how can I actually let the two worlds exist I'm an actor I love doing that I'm also a creator and I have ideas and I love doing that so how can I make it work rather than why is it not working
0: Mm. Oh my gosh, you must have like not slept the night that you had that realization.
1: I've been awake ever since, yeah. right? Like I think before realizing that difference, I was asleep for so much of my life. Then mm. you have that realization that it's like, how can you ask yourself, how could it work? How yeah. can I? And then the answers just start unfolding into those moments that we call life where all of a sudden you're just like, oh wow, that's how I can do it. And that's how I can do it. And that's how I can do it. Mm -hmm. And then you just have a different self-talk going on in your head because you're no longer entertaining the other voice.
0: Yeah. I have one of the sayings in my head is the best time to plant an oak tree is 10 years ago. And the second best time is today.
1: Mm -hmm. So that
0: helps me rationalize any regret I have with not starting projects earlier, with not starting relationships earlier, all those things. How do you navigate regret? Like, I see you, your face is like uh, just a glow and your eyes are all twinkly. I see what's going on with this shift for you. How do you navigate with that?
1: very similar to to that whole philosophy. I teach this in one of the courses that I've created where I end the session with, if it didn't happen, it didn't need to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's a mantra that's really propelled me forward in a really positive way because I really do believe that if it didn't happen, it didn't need to, and if it did, I don't care how big or how small or how seemingly insignificant it felt to you. It absolutely 110% needed to happen. You know what I mean? Like we have coffee dates with people, we have interviews like this, we have interactions that could feel like sliding doors. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't happen, I, I really do feel like the whole cosmos of the world is just like, trust me, I've got everything in my bird's eye view. You didn't need to get the paper done tonight, even though it's due or even though, you know what I mean? Like when we were working on our project and all of a sudden we just had to like pause and it was just like, we all collectively sat there and said, if it needed to be filmed today, it would have. And if it didn't, then this is the universe's way of going scratch the record. We've got a way better plan if we let you go through with it this way, you'll never see it. So we're gonna interrupt your Mm -hmm. regularly programmed (laughs) show Mm -hmm. to give you an opportunity. And I think you have to look at at the things that happen in your life as an opportunity to really see where this can go. And now we're like, as we're getting ready to film the next day, it's just like, this is actually so perfect because of the way that it worked out with this scene. And now we're shooting it at nighttime instead of the daytime, which works so much better for what we're creating. Like it actually is better. Mm and what we conceptualized in our own head. It took that intervention of something bigger than us to actually open it up to being like, now aren't you glad you didn't film that day? And you're just like, a little, <laughs> a little.
0: I love these, doc- these discussions you're having with the universe. The universe seems real <laughs> fun, real fun person yeah. to talk to. <laughs> yeah, They get me. They get you, yeah, yeah. I like that too. Because sometimes I think, yes, I have that sort of like, oh, it's not meant to be. What's for you won't go by you, uh, those kind of things. But then there's the other part of my brain that's like, maybe if I just push ahead, maybe if I, <laughs> like, like Matt and I were supposed to take a flight a little while ago and because of our, our COVID test got mixed up so we couldn't go. And there was a moment where we were like, we can run to the pharmacy, get the thing, get to the airport and actually probably make it. There's like a slim chance that we didn't, couldn't do it. And part of me was like, let's push, let's push ourselves to do it. And then part of me was like, it's not supposed to be today. That's all there is to it. So how do you hear the right universe? Sometimes the universe is like, push harder. The other side of the universe on the other shoulder is like, take a break. What do you think?
1: <laughs> I love that. Sometimes they don't think I'm paying attention and they have these meetings without me. And then I walk in and they're just like, shit, she's here.
0: hmm
1: forget what we were talking about because and, and I see it like that because I know they're that smart like I know that they're like we have access to everything she's been thinking of so
0: mm-hmm.
1: nothing she's been thinking of that we haven't been thinking of and we can sabotage anything we want so for me when I'm like who's talking and there's a lot of voices or even if it's just the angel and the devil on either side when there's more than one crystal clear voice I do nothing because one voice is clear, like we all have those moments when it's like ah. wild horses could not stop you from doing it, you know, you throw out the draft, you write a new one and all of a sudden you're just like why'd that take 15 minutes and the one that I just trashed took 15 weeks, yeah. you know what I mean, like there's that moment when it just gets quiet and one voice says go, Yeah. stop, move, turn around,
0: Yeah.
1: breathe, it's, it's very clear. And so I try to listen for those commandments rather than, who should I believe? Like it's a, a contest and I'm just like, but if you give me a good enough answer, I might just follow you into hell. Okay,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: This could be good. And she's just like, okay. So if you come over here to door number three, I swear to God, I'll make your life a living hell, but it'll be a lot of fun. And you'll have some great experiences, lots of stories to tell people. And then another person's giving me a whole other story. So it's like, I don't, I don't want to choose between all of these things. And then it's just one voice comes in and it's just like, come with me this way and it'll be okay.
0: Love it. When's the last time you heard that clearly?
1: Do, doing our project? Yeah. I heard that very clearly. Having my kid and uh, Dion, was- my husband. I mean, if you didn't say it, I was going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going back in time. like I'm going, back, I'm going, going chronologically back in time. But I remember mm-hmm. just, just having a really, really rough go at life. And, I, and on the outside, it looked like everything was so good. But on the inside, I was just like stewing. Mm. And I remember wanting to be in a relationship deeply, badly, madly. I was so tired of being single. I was so tired of dating. And I remember being on the subway and this woman stopped me. And, And of course now I know that she's like a guardian angel that was sent from on high. But in the time I was just like, bitch who the fuck do you think you talking to but it was it was so intense because she I was making fun of you know dating one loser after another and this guy sucked for that reason and this you know and it was just a horrible mess and I was making jokes with my friends on the subway and everybody's laughing having a good old time and then she just before getting off the the, the train is just like honey you gotta be who you want to be with and you don't look like no miss amazing and then it was like and she's like off, and I was like, oh my God. Who oh, the fuck is this? And it's like, you know, that side of me comes out. And I was really irritated, but there was like a, a collective moment of stillness where everybody was just yeah. hanging in the lingering energy of what she just left. And then I was at home, and I was just like, you gotta be you wanna be with. What the fuck are you talking about? You gotta be you wanna be with. nobody to be who you wanna be with. You know, you start thinking. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was like, "You gotta be who you." And then I started to challenge the universe. So probably that's where my deep relationship with the universe came from, because I was like, "Okay, if we gonna have to be who we want to be with, I'm gonna make myself somebody great." You understand? And then I started to really go to work on myself. And then like yeah. about a year later, after I lost eighty pounds, found a spiritual practice, was literally li- living my best life, and then I walked into the rehearsal hall at Stratford and I saw Dion. And I immediately said I deserve you. I was like I was completely in love with him the minute I saw him like I so I'm now one of those people who believes in love at first sight and then I was just like I deserve you and I'd never thought that about myself before like somebody like Dion would have walked in and a year later I would have been like oh man he'll never love a girl like me like he's so and I'm not and a whole bunch of different voices would have come up into my head, but I was just like, this is what I was I've been working towards. Mm-hmm. This is what the universe said I had I had access to. So if I get to be who I want to be with, then I have found my man. Hmm. And fast forward, you know, almost two decades later and a baby. Wow. And life is good.
0: You know, it's so funny because I remember I feel like I might have known because I've known Dion longer than I've known you. But I feel like uh, I was around around the time that you were first together. Because I remember you talking about like spending time with Dion and the way you spoke about it, I was like, oh, they've been together forever. But it, it was a new relationship. Just the confidence you had about your relationship that I was like, that's really, yeah. It was very um, clear to me that there was no doubt. Like there was something about like, yeah, you're basically already married is in yeah. my brain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm so curious too about the journey into your spiritual practice because you were an actor first and then did you know you needed to follow your heart into a spiritual practice because of this Subway Angel?
1: Yeah, I knew I needed some kind of practice because one of the things I put on my list was, you know, I was just like, oh, handsome (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. you know, beautiful body and took care of themselves and was, and one of the things that I added was he was committed to growth is emotional, spiritual, and just growth with the self. And I was just like, what on this list are you not, Lisa? Mm. That you, you know, keep saying it's like, I want a man who's da 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 And yet you're like two of the 10 things. And then you're like, why ain't my Mr. Right here? He's like, because your Mr. Right ain't at McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> be clear about that. Your Mr. Right is at the gym right now. Your Mr. Right is meditating right now. So you're missing each other because you're at the places and doing the things that mm. he ain't doing. And so I was like, oh. And so it really inspired me, like my own list inspired me to really develop a practice that was in, in harmony with that list. Yeah. And so that's how that kind of came about. And it was hard because meditation was not my forte. No, still yeah. now, now is it? Well, now it's my everything. Well, when I first started, you know, I set a timer for a minute and it was just like, are we there yet? Are we yep. there yet? We there yet? How long is this going to last? My butt hurts. Oh, Which I totally know is natural now. And when I teach people how to meditate, I'm just like, I want you to think of this same way a little kid go, thinks about, you know, Halloween candy. You're going to get in there and you're going to get all these negative thoughts are going to come to the surface. You're going to, and you're going to get mental rot okay I promise you you're gonna get mental rot just like a kid who thinks they're so excited and they're like I'm ready to do this and then they start eating all this candy and then they get gut rot and they're just like somebody give me an apple somebody give me an apple kid Schmid, Lisa, I had that this morning I for some reason I thought eating bridge mix
0: for breakfast would be a good idea
1: but go on (laughs) and I've done that myself but at the end of the day like eventually you will crave something healthier Mm. after you you sat long enough with yourself, sat long enough with, you know, the junk food of your mind. Eventually Mm -hmm. you'll be like, is there a good thought in here somewhere? Is there an apple of a thought that I can have? Mm -hmm. Something that's going to nurture me, nourish me, fill me up, something. But all these thoughts, because you start to become aware of them because now you're just like, wait a second, did I just call myself a stupid bitch? Did I just, did did I just? It's like, you just start getting aware Mm -hmm. of what you're thinking which is why I'm also a big advocate for journaling. Cause it's just like a lot of times we have no idea what we're actually thinking about. And, you know, like I was just journaling the other day and I was just like, wow, I just wrote other people like 17 times. Mm. How is that about? You know what I mean? Other people's opinions, other people's ideas, other people's. And it's just like, I'm answering simple questions. You know, what do you think about yourself? And all of a sudden I see other people. And it was like, what's, what, what's going on there? You want to examine that a little bit? And this was like, Oh, snap totally oblivious to the fact that i was carrying that mm-hmm. that's why i was feeling heavy that's why my shoulders were getting tense that's why i was feeling uncomfortable in my body as i was holding stuff so i didn't even realize i was holding mm-hmm. and so
0: did you have a spiritual practice before like as an actor in your career no, no. so what was your practice like i can't imagine a time when you weren't
1: um the oh. lisa bear you are now
0: but like yeah like early days as an actor
1: how did you navigate that uh, I literally my definition of warming up was go hang out with your friends be on I'm making air quotes here be on and when you're ready to go you're ready to go you know that's what that's how you know you're like yeah I'm in it I'm in uh-huh. it I'm winning it yeah and I was like so long as I was like hyped up I was like I'm ready to go that's my warm-up <laughs> my voice is ready my voice is ready you know what I mean like that was how I did it Mm -hmm. and then of course it was Dion who really got me into you need to actually have like a process Lisa and I was like well if that's working for you okay and then eventually I was like shit when I'm not playing a hyped up character Mm -hmm. I'm kind of screwed yeah (laughs) I was like um so what do you do exactly yeah and like, and it wasn't until like later in my career too. So, you know, I'm not gonna say when exactly because I feel like that'll make me look real bad, but it was a lot later in my career that I got real about the craft mm-hmm. and the practice and like warming up and understanding all of those things. Cause for for a lot of my career, I took I took things for granted. I took my voice for granted, I took, you know, the facility that I have access to just as a person, mm-hmm. I took for granted because I naturally have a loud voice. I naturally can hit the back of a theater. I naturally, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like there are just some things naturally come to me. It's like, I'm not afraid of public speaking. So I was very confident in a lot of other areas, but it was the consistency that was really getting choppy. Mm. And so when I wanted to play something greater or something different than myself, I found I was running into a lot of blocks and it was like, oh snap, you ain't that good. Mm. (laughs) Being good means you can do it all the time consistently. Yeah. Cause you're not
0: warming up in the moment. You're actually warmed up so that the moment's more comfortable. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you talk about process and I'm so curious about process because I do think my process has changed like early days. It's maybe same as you. Like I just had the facilities, everything was clickety click. And then somewhere along the lines, I'd started dancing with that anxiety, uh, evil anxiety person. And that was challenging. So now I'm kind of re-examining my process and what I need to do to be me in this year in this career as opposed to what I used to do which seemed to be okay how did it Mm -hmm. affect you your spiritual practice um, marriage
1: in the best of ways it just opened me to believing in myself more believing in what I was capable of achieving it opened me to teachers you know like when the student is ready the teacher will appear like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I started to come into contact with a lot of other people who were doing this kind of work and so I was like okay I became really studious Mm -hmm. is the truth of it and then I also realized I was very I was in a fortunate position this goes back to me saying you know when life is a series of answering a question that you got going on in your head and it was just like but how could I be better Mm. how can I do more how can I really maximize what I've been given naturally and then the answer of don't forget about the people you already have access to. Like you've worked with some really great artists and Allegra Fulton has mm. been a mentor of mine for years and years and years. And I'm so lucky that I've I've had the privilege of working with her. And I just said, will you train me? <laughs> like, can I come to you like four hours, twice a week? Yeah. And you step me through like Shakespeare and help me keep my instrument sharp. and. For about a year, she, she really schooled me in, mm. in classical text and, and got me to, to really dive deeper and be very specific and gave me tools and processes and, and tricks and things that I still use to this day, you know, that it's like, I just remember one of the things that she said was, it's so interesting. People think that they get to speak for a long period of time, but what if you didn't? What if it was just like, was, is that all you get? So fill it with everything you've got, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I was just like, yo, that's so deep. Or working, <laughs> you know, we we're working with Fiona Reed and, and she was just like, hey guys, we're in Winnipeg. We're, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Anybody want some free acting classes? I was like, sign me up. Oh you know gosh, what I mean? yeah. Nobody else took her up on it, which I thought was interesting. Why do you think but that is? Like,
0: what, a, what an opportunity. Like fear,
1: fear probably, but I was like, I'll take it. So I got like three free wow. acting classes with a, a, a serious pro and, and I'll never forget she, you know, I was doing Shakespeare with her and she was just like, go for the verb. Mm. I don't care if it's Shakespeare, if there's anything, like if you're in doubt about where to go in the scene, find the verb in what you're talking about and let that be what drives you. You know what I mean? Are you seeing the situation clearly instead mm. of, are you seeing the situation clearly? Like, mm. like it just, like it just just changes in the most subtle of ways when you actually know what you're trying to hold on to and then your argument starts to become clearer. Mm -hmm. and then I've got Dion who's you know the ultimate teacher and yeah he's the best
0: are you okay to learn from him
1: I love learning from him are you kidding he's he's my favorite teacher
0: yes and uh, you know Matt's got a wealth of knowledge I should be I get so my ego gets so Oh my God. It gets up on a little pedestal. It dusts itself (laughs) off. It shines up. And then it's like, what? You don't need to teach me. I know everything there. And then when he does teach me, when he cracks the ego, fantastic. He's a great teacher. Gold. I'm working on the ego stuff. (laughs) Lego my ego. So did your idea. I mean, with the journey of what you're on, because I think that, you know, we're, you, you've had an amazing success, like looking at your career as a, as a chapter of life. It's incredible. You have a consistent su- success. Even if, even if you don't feel it in your body, like if you look at your IMDb, you would be like, man, she works all the time. <laughs> but, you know, in your heart of hearts, you're like, that was all happening in this chunk of time. And then there was a large chart try- when well, I wasn't. But did your idea of success change as you developed into the artist you are? Mm -hmm. What did it start out as?
1: It started out, um, success was outside of me. It looked like shows that I was booking, people I was working with, uh, the amount of money that I made. And now it's how good my sleep is, how quick I'm able to chill out when I don't get a gig that I really wanted, how happy I am for other people those are the benchmarks of mm. Ooh, girl, you succeeding in life. Mm. It's changed in that way.
0: Was there a moment, was there a moment that you were like, I gotta shift this or that you recognized the shift?
1: Yeah, one of, the, one of them was losing a really good friendship. I was in a really low point in my life and I could not be happy for other people. I could not sleep, I could not stop the negative Mm. self-talk and it bled into areas in my life that unfortunately had consequences where I lost a really good friend and it was really hard because it was especially in our industry jealousy is something that I feel we don't talk about enough because we should just be over it we shouldn't have those feelings and it's my greatest shame and so I know it's something I'm really meant to speak on because I've done a lot of work in that area in particular to the point as in now when I'm able to be like, oh my God, I'm like, do you feel that, Lisa? I'm genuinely happy for them. Holy shit. Oh my God, guys, guys, where's my award? Because <laughs> it's it, making nice like your ego. <laughs> you know, because I just remember once upon a time, it would have been like, I would have gotten hot. Right. And I would have been irritated and I would have started to cut whatever somebody else was doing down. And when I catch myself being like, I'm genuinely happy for other people. Oh, wow. You've grown.
0: Mm.
1: You know, your friend gets the part that you really wanted and you're like, good for her, man. Like, I know she's been working towards this mm-hmm. Where, you know, it's like, even like, I, like when the whole Canadian screen awards came down, I just remembered like getting the email of just like, the nominations are out and I like immediately went to go see if my friends who I who I know were hoping to get nominated were nominated and it was yeah. like you didn't even check to see if you were nominated and huh. I was like oh that wasn't my first thing to check I actually wanted to see if yeah. a girl got her nomination and because I was just so proud of them and I was I was so you know on board with them getting a nomination that I was like I want to see if it if it came through and then it was like, you know, 20 minutes later, my manager was just like, hey, you got one too. So I was like, what? I said what? Even better. You know, and it's like, but that's when I knew those are those moments in my life when I go, yep, you are in the right place. You are succeeding because that's another benchmark. That's what you're looking for. Are you happy mm-hmm. for other people as if it was your own success? Yes, you're winning. You're winning at life. And mm-hmm. so that was a big, uh, that, for me, that was a big one. But it, it takes time. Like that, that yeah. kind of problem yeah. like that doesn't happen overnight.
0: Well, what was it? What were the like sort of muscles that you started working out to get to that stage?
1: Really great question there, Naomi. The answer is actually really simple. Is I, I gave myself permission to be jealous.
0: except
1: mm-hmm. I put a cap on it. So the first time was, okay, Lisa, you didn't get into the CFC. I really wanted to get into the CFC. This was years and years and years ago. And I was like, I really wanted to get into the CFC. I didn't get into the CFC, and I was like, flip a table, kind of pissed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I lost a whole summer. Like I'm talking, like a good three, almost four months of just like, even when a little bit of happiness would creep in, it'd be like, I said, I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, be happy. <laughs> and I was like, wow. So. I said to myself, this has got to change and this is how we're gonna do it. Because I didn't I didn't have the means to get professional help at the time. Like I didn't have money for a therapist or anything. So I was just, again, when you're asking the question, how can I get through this? Mm. Answers start appearing and, and you start getting what I call like divine intervention a And you're like, someone won't talk to you in a mm-hmm. real way. And it was just like, you're allowed to get jealous, but this time you get three months. You don't get three months in a day. You don't get three months in three weeks. You don't get three months and a millisecond. You get three months. Next thing would happen, because inevitably God's going to be like, here you go. (laughs) You said you wanted that part. Here's another one. I'm not going to give you. And I was like, damn. And then it was like, you get two months and three weeks. You get two months and two weeks Mm -hmm. until it was like, you get one week, you get one week to bitch about this shit. And then it was like, you get five days, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you get two days to now where it's like, you know, now it's just like, take your moment, breathe through it and get back into it, mm-hmm. get back into life. Don't let it steal your joy. Do you know what I mean? Because that's a moment that you could be happy that you're giving away. So don't, don't let that happen. So I literally just let myself mm-hmm. off the hook by feeling like I had to change overnight mm-hmm. and say, gonna happen again? So use this as an opportunity to build up that muscle and you don't have to hold it for, I'm happy all of a sudden. I, 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 tell, I tell my students, it's like, you're never gonna make that. That's like trying to jump the Grand Canyon, okay? There's a reason in Thelma Louise, they cut. You know what I mean? Nobody, you're like, they made it. You're like, did they though? Did they, the sequel will take place in heaven. Let's just be real about that guy. Oh my Let's God,
0: please no. <laughs> Can you imagine Thelma Louise, the sequel,
1: please. <laughs> you know, but it's like, you're just not going to make a leap from being depressed to being happy, from being uh-huh. jealous to joyful. It's just not going to happen. So you have to allow yourself to like move up that emotional scale and the way that I do it is just by allowing myself to sit in it for three mm-hmm. months and months and three weeks and then and you're just mindful of it mm-hmm. and you're like oh I'm at the stage where I only get a week but the, by this point a week is actually you're kind of being like so I still have to be angry like it's been six days and you're like ah this is the muscle we're working you're gonna yeah. stay angry for one more day and then when it happens again don't worry you'll only have six days you won't have right. to do it like you know what I mean it's kind of like smoke all the cigarettes and you're like if I have to smoke one more fucking cigarette I'm that right. it's like that way of like training yourself out of it yeah. in a way so so that's how I actually did it
0: I really appreciate that discussion because I do think that you know we're in a business where we all want to work Matt's doing a commercial right now that we both went out for and he booked it <laughs> <laughs> so we all want to work but I understand what you're saying I think that like it's so valuable to say like say these things out loud and don't avoid it because that's not gonna it's like trying to push water back into a hose it's not gonna yeah. work yeah yeah thanks for sharing that with me right now, and then us in the future i I'm so curious about process right now as i said what do you, what is your process when you get like a, a role these days like something like the the film you just did not not your own project because I think that's a whole different kettle of fish, but like the project you just fi- finished
1: you know every every year I'm always asking myself, you know like I'm taking a self inventory of just like how can I do better mm. how can I do better you know like how can I be a better actor and right now I'm in the process of breathing deeper. It's kind of just like, don't breathe to be safe. Like you said, like, so that you can be prepared to be comfortable in the shifts, but breathe so that you can be present in the shift to whatever is coming up. Mm. And, you know, after finishing my last project I was just kind of like, I'm really proud of it. I did my best. I wanna go even further. Mm. I wanna push myself even further. I wanna let myself be even more open. And so the process then becomes very physical, very internal, where it's just like, how can I allow myself to follow those impulses even more? Mm-hmm. How can I breathe deeper into experiencing what these characters are experiencing and really follow my instincts so that because a lot of times we don't have time with the material, you know, you do an audition, mm-hmm. you're like, it needs to be turned around in like less than 24 hours. So it's like I don't get to do the who am I, where am I coming from, give her a backstory, you know, I don't get to do all of that. So it's kind of like how can I breathe life into this character? right here right now and see where she's coming from follow those impulses and go and and have as little judgment as possible I have a focus almost like in theater school where it's kind of just like you're ice and you're melting you know like that's your focus you know or you're an you're an animal and you're 75 percent but throughout the scene you turn you know it gets into you get to 100 you know and or whatever but there's just a focus that you have that keeps you in line and so mm-hmm. right now the process that I work through is how deep can you breathe how open and accessible can you be and how how can you just allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to follow those impulses in Mm. real time
0: Mm -hmm. do you remember like doing a project like that where you're like oh this feels home because of that prep
1: oh yeah like I mean I think every time every time I do that kind of work I feel Mm -hmm that's when I feel like this is what I meant to be doing mm-hmm. like every single time but most recently with the project that I just did that I just personally created like your
0: project baby daddy
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah because yeah,
0: that's a whole other I mean you're producing writing and acting in it so there's hats to wear
1: mm-hmm. how did but you I, find I, that as a mom it's really hard because there's just so many like One of the things that I noticed was, you know, we get, we get off of a writing session and everybody gets to enjoy it and bask in it and be like, Oh my God, that was such a great writing session. Oh my God. Yeah. High fives. And I'm immediately like, I don't get to bask in it. It was kind of like, if I bask in it, my kids falling off the couch. So I'm just like, let's get right back into being a mom. And I will appreciate that and let that you know, fill me with joy in 20 minutes when I actually have a second or, you know, mm-hmm. later on. But then it's like, but then I'm I'm moving into doing something else. And so I'm, I'm aware that I'm multi-passionate and that requires a different intellectual <laughs> side of my brain mm-hmm. at all times. It, it just keeps me present. I don't get to live in the past. I don't get to really live in the future. I'm really grateful because I did not do that alone and I could not have done that alone.
0: Mm-hmm. And so it
1: just let me give over to, I think, a big lesson that the universe has always tried to teach me is just like, ask for help. And I was just like, no, 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 I can totally do it all by myself. And I was just like, no, I cannot. And so that project let me ask for help, receive Mm. help. And then it let me actually just be in the moment when I needed to be in the moment. And it was a lot of fun. And I'm usually the person who's just like, I will do it all by myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see that you have a lot of focuses. Is that ever? I mean, how do you how do you figure that out? Because I see you've got your spiritual practice as a teacher and as a as a mentor to a lot of people, but then you've also got this really successful acting career. Like, do you wake up in the morning going, "Oh, which hat shall I put on today?" Or do you just like how do you make that flow?
1: Uh, I you know what I'm I'm big on rituals. They they can the thing about rituals is they can. They can happen whenever they want to, but the process stays the same. So it's, it's always a morning of just asking, how can today be awesome? And answering the question, you know, what do you have access to? What are you grateful for? And then taking inspired action. Like a lot of times it's kind of like, I don't feel like working on the spiritual side of my business. I don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, and other times it's just like, actually, I feel like totally writing something personal or I just feel like journaling or like, I feel grateful because, I have the kind of life where I can just wake up and do whatever I want to do. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes.
0: <laughs> Cause yeah. I'm no
1: kidding. Right. That's, that's nice of you. I cool. have to get up and go to work no matter what, you know? And I was just like, no, but I very consciously built a life around. Imagine you got paid to do whatever you wanted to do. What would mm-hmm. you do? And you're like, I want to sit on the couch and watch TV. And you're like, go to town. Right. And you're just like, how is this research? I'm like, I'm auditioning for this show. <laughs> sometime in the future you know game of thrones could call right and they're like final season and you're like so they never called but at least i was ready have you heard of the word remake hello (laughs) oh prequels but i mean that kind of goes back to that original
0: discussion about like making your choices being clear and listening to whether it's the this universe or that universe talking to you and sometimes it is the universe of like just have a seat and watch something on TV and that's going to feed yeah. you. You know when you said like I think it's the it's the gut too right like when you hear your universe saying sit down and eat popcorn and watch TV I'm like you know what universe you've been really gabby this whole week and saying that. <laughs> so I'm going to take a break and listen to the other one that says actually sit down and create something. Right. Not easy. Okay, this is ridiculous but this is where I think you came from. Um, pixie dust and flowers. Like I feel like you were born from magic
1: what were as your we, folks like as we all were not pixie dust and not magic no. but
0: um, but maybe it's the antithesis right
1: yeah it, it, absolutely my father is not artistic in that way at all he's reserved and to himself and my mother is a hard worker and a like a very religious woman in the fact that she believes in in God and in you know the goodness of life and people and and family. She was a really amazing mom because one thing that I learned was she didn't know, I'll speak for me, she didn't know how to play with me, but she was always very good at figuring out how to put her kids, especially myself, in front of people who did know how to play with her kids so mm. that they could be happy which I think is so noble. Cause like, as a mom, I get it where I'm like, I want to be the one to make my kid happy, to be the one to make my kid smile. And when you find out that you're not that person to let your focus shift to being like, but how can I keep that mm-hmm. thing that I just saw happen in my kid alive mm-hmm. and, and thrive? And then she went on a mission, you know, the minute she saw that performing gave me any kind of talent, any, any time of, type, type of joy mm-hmm. and that I had talent, she was just like, well, then we need to cultivate this. Mm-hmm. And it's that same spirit that I have with my kids. Like I see something and I'm just like, okay, we need to cultivate this. Even if we're cultivating it for a minute, a moment, a lifetime, who knows? Mm -hmm. We need to cultivate it. And so she was really good at doing that. And because of her, I'm an actor today.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love the cultivation. That's such a, I mean, it's the way you and Natalie worked with your script too. Like just getting this project off the ground. You were like cultivate the yes. Yes. Like yeah. don't cultivate the, I don't know if we have the right things to do with this at the right time. You just were like, let's just do it. Go, go. I love that. And I do think like, I do think your folks, I mean, pixie dust and magic is ridiculous. I don't think anybody was born from that, but I do feel like, you know, the ingredients of what your parents brought you and maybe other mentors along the way, like who, who gave you this kind of drive for self-awareness and that connection to your art, to your craft? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. A very special human being, that guy.
1: He is star yeah. and
0: I mean, his- if you want to put
1: that into words <laughs> for sure. If, if somebody, if somebody was made of all of those Gushy stuff, it would definitely have, have been him. I just remembered asking him one time, you know, we maybe been dating for about six months at this point. I was like, how are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Your life is so amazing. How are you manifesting these things? And he was like, well, I'm reading this book, I'm reading that book. He's the one who introduced me to Tony Robbins. He's the one who introduced me to, you know, James Arthur Ray and Eckhart Tolle and all, like he's the one who introduced me to all of these things. And I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. There are people teaching people how to live their best lives? I know. I've been trying to figure it out on my own. It's like <laughs> someone being like, call me. The numbers are 7678921. And you're just like, you figure out the order. And I was like, fuck, I am never going to get this person on the phone. I had no idea. And so Dion was the person who was like, the order is 647 239 5555. And I was like, I was never going to put those fives in that sequence. Right.
0: I even put an extra number and I missed a dash. I
1: I had extensions. So (laughs) I was was definitely out for the count. Yeah. Out for it. Dion was the catalyst.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I remember working on a play with him in Vancouver and, you know, Dion's. He's not hard on the eyes. Like I remember seeing going like, oh, he's stunning. But he's also got like a presence, like a strength in his presence that was very captivating. And in watching him go into the role that he was doing, uh, he played like somebody with special needs. And I was like, my brain exploded. I just uh, was so mesmerized by his process and by his craft and his commitment, his lack of ego. Like he was really just so present.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's Dion.
0: I, I love you. But we have to wrap up because, you know, we're, we'll have nothing left to talk about when we have dinner together, but we will. <laughs> Who's kidding who? I'm so grateful for this chat, Lisa Barry. What a great, why not get to ask you a question? Yeah. This is your time. It's turning oh, the tables God. on sneakers time. Oh, I
1: like that.
0: Yeah, I know. People get real sneaky. They get real sparkly eyes when they get to (laughs)
1: ask me. It's like, oh, yeah, well, take this, sneakers. (laughs) Well, I mean, mine's quite innocent. And this is something I've been asking everybody. And it's just, how has the pandemic shaped you as a person and an artist?
0: Hmm. So interesting. You know, I think when the pandemic first started, I reflected a lot about how it was shaping me. And then it's just become normal. So I haven't actually had a time where I went, oh, how, it's, how has it shaped me? I don't know. I feel like, I don't, I don't know if it's the pandemic or not, but I definitely have recognized the shift into recognition of my, uh, my art more. And perhaps that's because I haven't had the distractions of where the pandemic, or the distractions of where life normally takes you without the, without the restrictions of the pandemic. But I think that's what it is. I mean, also, I really like my husband. Like that's one of the great things that we've discovered is like when there was another lockdown, we were like, bring it on, we're having a good time. And then when they were like, we're starting to open it up more, I was like, oh, well, all right. So that's been a really, a really great thing. I don't know about shaping, Uh, maybe, okay. I'll tell you this, and this is a new thought, so I haven't completely verbalized it, but I think it's taken away uh, a safety which I don't think is a bad thing, like a safety and consistency about what our world was before the pandemic. So we all kind of know this is how the world is. You know, the flu season will come and go. And this was such a global game changer that anything can happen now. Like you Mm -hmm. don't have to live in the city that you're working in. You don't have to go through your day A, B, C. It could be A, B, furry fish. You don't know. So I think that's kind of like our careers and our lives aren't certain as uncertain as they are. It's even more uncertain. And that's kind of something to embrace a bit. I don't know. I'm figuring it out. So what about you? Did you notice anything shifted for you?
1: I just dove deeper into my spiritual practice. I was pregnant, so I was actually happy about the pandemic. That sounds horrible. I mean, people rest in peace. Yeah. I yeah. but I felt really great about it because the timing of it all worked out so well for me. Yeah. It's just so Get a call from my manager being like well you're at that stage where you're not that hireable right now so just know that you're not going to be working and and then two days later they're like everybody's on maternity leave and he was like uh. you know so for me I was like this is actually quite perfect I just <laughs> I get yeah to be pregnant. I don't have to like have that fear of missing out syndrome you know I just get Big to time. be like a mom for the first time and nobody's crashing down the door to be like holding my kid and I'm just like okay this is did you wash your hand? Like I don't have to deal with any of that because you're like nobody's allowed in my house. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't feel any of those things, but it definitely made me go. Now is not the time to cut and run on my spiritual practice. Now is the time to go deeper.
0: Yeah, what a great opportunity too. I'm the same way as you, my because my father died during the pandemic, not of COVID, but of cancer, and I got like six months where nobody was asking me to go anywhere. So like that was pretty special for sure
1: yeah yeah and those are moments that you're kind of just like I don't hate the pandemic all too much I mean, lemonade did the walks because I love your walks on social media Of like because it feels like I've been following that for so long but I was like was that there before the pandemic or did that start with the pandemic
0: yes it was started because of the pandemic I hadn't okay. done it before because firecrack department did does artists way every year and so I was like, how can I infuse art into something I'm already doing as opposed to imposing it? And so, you know, I'm walking the dog. So that's something I'm going to do every day. And I started, it actually was really good for my brain because it made my head lift up and see like how, like there was such beauty around me that I kind of didn't see because I was going from A to B as opposed to all the many steps between, which was really, really beautiful.
1: I love that because that's my favorite thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, take, pretend you're like um, a National Geographic photographer next time you go for a walk and every time you take a photo, it's going to go on the cover of some magazine and it (laughs) actually like shifts your brain, right? You're like, actually, that's gorgeous. Oh my God, just that pair of shoes that somebody left next to the sidewalk. That's amazing. So you kind of like, it shifts you.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. That became one of my favorite things is like anytime I'd see that you post, I was like, ooh,
0: (laughs) Now like I do my, it, but I don't walk as much. My dog's old and he's like, I'm okay <laughs> with just playing Sudoku and watching my stories. I'm curious about something. So when your, your agent said, find something else to do, did that conversation really happen?
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. They're like, nobody's going to really like, nobody really insures pregnant people. Cause I was about five months. Oh, right.
0: Oh, just for the nine months, not just like in your life.
1: Oh, not in my career. No, 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 no. They're just like, just until you have the baby and however and however long it takes you before you feel comfortable working again, like just know that while you're pregnant. Take some like, time off. Yeah, like you're a liability issue because nobody really wants to insure. Right. So maybe you'll get a guest spot, maybe you'll get a commercial spot, but they don't even like to hire pregnant people to play pregnant people because of insurance. Yeah.
0: Okay, here's my wrap up questions. All right, here we go. Fill in the okay. blank. Uh, a firecracker is...
1: Someone who keeps you alive in your spirit, in your heart. I
0: love those. That question for me is such a simple question, but every single one has been different and it's always fantastic. Uh, what do you want to be best known for? Kindness. If this was a movie, Lisa Barry, the movie, you're starring as yourself, by the way, you booked it. Uh, what would be the climactic turning point of your movie so far where things changed entirely?
1: I think overcoming jealousy.
0: Mm. Wow. That's big. I mean, you're also human, right? When you have yeah. these kind of feelings of jealousy and we're all, we all feel it. If you don't, you're lying, but we're <laughs> human with it. It's such a great yeah. thing. That lesson that you just taught me through this chat. Yeah, that would probably be it. Mm-hmm. What's something that people don't know about you?
1: I'm softy. I'm like a 1950s housewife. I like to make my man a plate of food, mm. bring it to him. I like to take care of him in that like 1950s kind of look at how quiet I get I know so
0: soft and gentle (laughs) (laughs) but also you also have the other you got your 1950s on one shoulder and then your (laughs) bitch please on the other shoulder so it works when I say bitch please it does not work as well as when you say it when I say (laughs)
1: it it just feels really everybody's like oh sneakers don't ever say that again I had to stop saying it cuz I was like my son's at that age where he's going to start picking up words and I'm just like his first word cannot be bitch as cute as it would be hey. it cannot be bitch if he I says please right afterwards, afterwards not, no no even
0: if he's polite it still doesn't work no no <laughs> saying it cutely bitch mm-mm. oh my gosh no. just the one just that <laughs> one time what's been your favorite mistake and what did you learn from him I don't know if, I think, I think you and I probably don't believe in mistakes, but what's been something that other people might deem as a mistake and what did you learn?
1: I would say not being happy for other people. Mm. Wow, what a yeah. shift that was in your world. It's a big one. Yeah. It's a big one for me because it consumes so much of my mental space. And I just learned that when you're happy for other people, you actually bring more good things to you.
0: Mm-hmm. I love this discussion about power and bravery when's the last time you felt powerful and when's the last time you had to do something
1: that made you brave they're one and the same having my kid <laughs> mm-hmm. labor I felt very powerful uh, I it was it was I had to be very brave because there was a moment where I was just like I can't do this and I was like no 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 I totally can't I totally can't yeah was yeah. it long your labor no, I was actually really lucky. Like I had the Cadillac of birth. So if you're gonna get if you're gonna have a pregnancy of labor, you kind of want the one that I had. It was like four and a half hours. I was in and out. I was home by 1 oh, 30. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like right. on the couch of popcorn it, by 140. Totally, like it's gonna be really easy to celebrate his birthday. It was like every day, like it is like perfectly in the afternoon. You're just like, no, we're literally celebrating it like right when you got here. This is so great. <laughs> like full night's sleep. I didn't, you know what I mean? Like some people are like, I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and then it was labor for 12 hours. I was like, oh yeah, yes. yeah. I rejected a lot of those birth stories when people were like, "Oh, get ready." I was like, "Stop! You mm-hmm. don't know me." Yeah, no, no. I'm working with the power of manifestation right here, and I'm coaching my kid. I was like, "Head, shoulder, shoulder out. You got me. Head, shoulder, shoulder out. Okay, okay. You yeah, got this
0: high five on the belly. Do a little high you five on it, the no, belly. Totally.
1: That's, that's literally what we were doing. I was like, high five. You got this." <laughs> What's the best advice or the worst advice you've ever received? I would say the best advice is be kind to everyone. The worst advice is look out for number one.
0: Oh, It's interesting. Look look out for number one is an interesting thing because it is a bit of like put your mask on first. But it can also be construed as take everybody else's mask. So, yeah, Yeah. just in case you need backup masks. Yeah. (laughs) Who's a firecracker in your world that we can celebrate?
1: Oh, my kid, my yeah, son, my right. son. He's just the best. He's, he really is. Keeps me alive. He just puts a smile on my face, just existing. So,
0: I mean, I that think would... he might put smiles on everybody's faces who <laughs> see the pictures because that little cherub is like, yeah. He, he's magic and pixie dust, Lisa.
1: He's magic and pixie dust. Yeah,
0: that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. What's advice you would have given your younger
1: self? A uh, younger... Shut up, she- shut up, just shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Shut up. Well, because you were a chatter or because you were self-talking. Self-talk.
0: Mm.
1: Self-talk. She's she's she talks a lot, you know, and she really defends her limiting beliefs like nobody's business. And you're like, shut up. Mm. And I'd have to be, you know, tough love with her because she's quite aggressive. So yeah. she wouldn't respond to love yourself. She'd be like, bitch. You know what I mean? So I'd have to be like, shut up, shut the fuck up. You're wrong, 91.9% <laughs> of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: That's, I mean, she became this one that I'm looking at now, so I'd be listening a little bit. <laughs> oh, Lisa Barry, we're gonna have dinner together and continue this conversation, but with the boys. I just love you. I'm so happy that our friendship has lasted all these years and that we've been able to work together. The first of hopefully many times. And I don't
1: oh my God. You think know the world of you. I've written a whole show for you.
0: I know. You. I love it. I'm it there for it all.
1: I'm there for
0: all of what you're laying down. I really am. Like I see that you're not only like working on self-awareness stuff, but I see that you're putting that out into the world. Like it's a really, it's really beautiful what you're working on right now. Oh, thanks, my friend.
1: Mm-hmm. Cherish you.
0: Oh boy. All right, my friend. Let's uh let's continue this over wine and cheese or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Say hi to Dion for me. Bye for now. Thank you for today. Thank you, thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. Bye.
0: Lisa Berry. That's all I need to say. Lisa Berry. She is just the best. She's such a beautiful soul. As I said, you just want to find reasons to be around that kind of person. For the latest Lisa updates, follow her on Twitter at underscore Lisa Berry on Instagram at Lisa Berry Live or head over to her website at lisaberrylive.com. For more information on the Lotus Life and Lisa's meditation courses, go to takeabreath.ca. Next week, I'll be chatting with our mystery guest. Yeah. mystery guest. I can't wait. It's our 150th guest and I cannot believe it. Can you believe it? We made it to 150. It's incredible. It's been five years and here we are at 150. So, I mean, I want to tell you all about this guest, but I have been sworn to secrecy. So, let me just say the guest is Yeah, you're going to want to listen in. Join us next week when we reveal our 150th mystery guest. I have to tell you. Yeah, you're going to want to tune in. Now let us know what resonated with you from Lisa's chat or any of the other podcasts you listen to by dropping us a comment on Instagram or tweet at us at firecrackerdept. Or you know what? Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps everybody find our podcast and share these amazing voices with more people. Don't forget, you can always send me an email too, firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. I know I love hearing from you. I know the team does too. So take a moment. Let me know what sparked you. To see what we have going on, visit our website at firecrackerdepartment.com. And while you're there, if you haven't already, subscribe to our now bi-monthly newsletter to get the inside track on everything that's going on in Firecracker Department. There's something for everyone, like I always say, like the weekly writing bursts. It's this writing burst where you don't have to prepare anything. You just come out, hang out with some fellow writers, and write for an hour. Yeah. Right? Doesn't everybody want to do that? There's your nudge. This is me nudging you. We also have weekly Sunday brunches where you get to hang out with fellow firecrackers, mentorship workshops, monthly wellness mini moments, script readings, the monthly blog post, podcasts. Oh my gosh. So much going on. Also, we have all our events organized in our very handy-dandy event calendar on our website so go check that out, firecrackerdepartment.com. Let me know what you think. That website is a thing of beauty, thanks to Alyssa and Powell. Hats off. If I was wearing a hat, I would tip it. All right, that's it for me. Thank you so much for joining me on the Firecracker Department. Go on out there, take some creative action, and then let me know how it goes. Share what you're working on. I would absolutely love to see it, because I guarantee you, when you create something, it sparks somebody else to create something too. Thanks, everybody. I'll look forward to connecting with you next time. Winnie Wong is our Firecracker head producer. Follow her at wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and wonder underscore Wong eight on Twitter. This episode is edited by Shane Stoltz. You can follow them at Shane Stoltz, all one word and Shane with a Y. This intro was written by the one and only wonderful Winnie Wong. That's right, she's a triple W. The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music and Thanks to you. Yeah, you. Sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there, and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there, and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time.